Hey there, friend. Today we are talking about loving you and accepting that the struggle is real and the myth behind your eating disorder mindset or your disordered eating brain is telling you maybe you're just not sick enough. Maybe you really don't need help. Maybe there's not an honest problem. Girl, I dealt with this for so long. And I see my clients deal with this and talk about it very frequently. Am I sick enough is going to be the theme of today's episode. And I hope that you enjoy today's show. I hope it blesses you because girl, if you have ever felt invalidated and you have an unhealthy relationship with food, then this one is for you. Here we go. Hey girl, welcome to the Her Best Self Podcast. I'm Lindsay Nichol, former competitive figure skater and perfectionist, turned God-led imperfect boy mom and digital CEO. If you find yourself constantly thinking about food and wondering if you'll wake up one day free from the obsessive thoughts and behaviors controlling your life, then I've created this podcast for you because I know exactly what it's like to be a downright hot mess trapped in the destructive cycle of disordered eating. I finally found freedom and you can too, girlfriend. So if you're ready to heal your relationship with food and body and break the chains of control and show up in your best health, then grab your favorite Tarjay journal and let's get to it. So you can start living your best life as your best self. I'm gonna start today's episode with some solid, hardcore facts. Not to scare you, but to just simply get your brain flowing so that you can lean in today and hear all that I'm gonna share in terms of accepting that an unhealthy relationship with food can be a lot more terrifying than what maybe you or someone that you love is making it out to be. And I wanna share this because it is definitely a part of my story, but also realizing that these things need to be talked about And even though as a society, we're not quite there yet in the mental health space, we are trudging forward. And so loving you and accepting where you are right now and facing exactly what that looks like is going to get you to a place of peace, especially if you're acknowledging that you have some unhealthy behaviors around food. But for today, the first heavy hitter I wanna, I wanna hit you with is, according to anod.org, one in two people with an eating disorder feel like they do not deserve help. Why is this important? Because maybe you've felt invalidated. Maybe you haven't been clinically diagnosed with an eating disorder. Maybe you aren't even sure that you experience disordered behaviors. In fact, there are so many people that don't seek help simply because they don't know that they have a problem. Maybe you aren't skinny. Maybe you're overweight. Maybe you're at a normal weight. And so every time that you go to the doctor and they weigh you and they don't say anything about your weight, you just think, okay, well, I must be fine. I'm not sick enough because somebody would have called out that I had a problem with food. And clearly I don't because I weigh around an okay BMI. Like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. The truth is that eating disorders, they don't have a look. There's no standard. And so today's show and episode is extremely important, and it's on my heart, because the eating disorder mind is going to tell you that you're never sick enough. 
Friend, sick does not mean appearance. Or sick does not mean looking sickly. No one is fully immune to eating disorder behaviors. No one is immune to have an eating disorder disrupt their life and their path and their journey. And even though maybe you don't feel like you have the look of somebody that has an eating disorder, there's no right way, there's no standard, there's no label that's saying this is what you must look like, i.e. a white female that's anorexically skinny in order to have a problem. There's no am I sick enough? If you've been asking yourself that question or you've been asking someone that you love that question, or maybe you need to pass this podcast episode to someone that you love, loving you and accepting the struggle is real. And even asking yourself, I couldn't possibly be sick enough, that is number one red flag in that you are worth, you are worth so much more than feeling like you're not sick enough. So no matter your size, girl, no matter your weight, no matter your BMI, you are sick enough if you have an unhealthy relationship with food and your body. Eating disorders, they don't have a look. And maybe others think or have even shared with you that you can't possibly have an eating disorder because, well, I mean, you are like them or you're in the same size pants or they've seen you eat a meal or X, Y, Z, you name it. Like I've heard all the things. Eating disorders are mental illnesses. And while the DSM-5 is going to base much severity around weight and BMI, although they are, I believe, going to be making changes soon, the truth is, is that an eating disorder is a mental illness. And if you do your research and you tap into many things that are out there for support, you will see that while food and physical results in terms of having a physical illness, i.e. losing a bunch of weight or gaining a bunch of weight or being able to see somebody's physical state of appearance may be a result for somebody that has an eating disorder. It isn't always the case. And friend, that is what makes eating disorders so scary. They don't discriminate. They don't discriminate. And this means that you literally can be walking next to someone in the grocery store who has their cart full of stuff and you have absolutely no idea that they've restricted their foods or that they're not planning on eating any of it and they're going to purge it all up or that they're going to sit there and eat all night and then feel crappy about themselves the next day and they're going to go on and on and on and have this struggle and relationship with food and their body and they're never going to feel like they can get over it and they're not going to find freedom because they don't feel like they're small enough to need help. You can still have a very serious and extremely unhealthy food relationship and be underweight, overweight, or at a healthy weight. You can be normal, you guys can't see me right now, but you can be normal in society's standards and in society's eyes. But even if you feel others have it worse than you and I can share an experience with you guys, and that was one thing that I wanted to share today as I prep for today's episode. But no matter what, if you feel like you have some unhealthy behaviors around food, if you're constantly restricting your food, or maybe you're over-exercising, 
or maybe you are swapping out certain things all the time, constantly looking at calories, trying to determine how spot on your macros look. Maybe you're skipping carbs at night or you're fasting or you're doing different things to manipulate your diet and then you feel ashamed or you're constantly chronic dieting and then you feel ashamed and then you're trying to do something differently. The fact of the matter is that's an unhealthy relationship with food. Okay, so nowhere does it say that you have to have a feeding tube down your throat to quote unquote be serious enough or to be sick enough to need help and support. That is a lie. So I'm gonna share a little bit about my story and maybe it will kind of help spark some of this in terms of just a storytelling session that can help you as you are traveling down this journey. So for the longest time, I had an extremely unhealthy relationship with my body and food. And as a professional skater growing up, I just constantly felt like I had to manage calories in, calories out. But at the same time, for a while, I had, I guess you could say like the reality of I could probably eat anything because I was burning off so many things and I was burning off so many calories. But it didn't become an issue until I was told right, by somebody that I admired that I was gaining some weight and I needed to watch what I was eating. And then my story that I shared at the beginning of uh, the first episode, you can go back and listen to that if you haven't heard my story yet. But all of those things kind of led up to me consciously being aware that maybe I shouldn't eat that or have that second roll at dinner, or maybe I should consider a better choice, like a salad instead of the fries at Chick-fil-A, like all of these things, like that's where my journey started. And then over time, it amped up and I became completely obsessed, which is what we see with the eating disorder mind is that it will tell you you're never good enough. And it will also tell you that you're not sick enough. And it is a very competitive disease to where it just wants to be controlling and it just wants to control you and wants to control everything. It started very kind of slow in terms of I started restricting certain things and then opting out for better, healthier choices. And then that became completely twisted. But for months and months and months after I went to college, I remember just doing these very extremely unhealthy things like drinking so that I wouldn't have to eat or having a salad before going out and then not eating later or over exercising the next day or eating a whole loaf of bread. Yes, I did this one time um, because I was physically starving because I went for a very long period of time with not eating anything. At that point, I was at a completely healthy weight and none of my friends, no one around me knew that I was struggling. And even my own self, I, I was like, I just need to control this. I'm not gonna do the freshman 15. Like I was determined I wasn't gonna have that happen to me. And so it became such a controlling way of living my everyday and my life. And that was so irresponsible. But two, I just thought it was a way of being. I thought it was a way to control my weight as an athlete. I thought it was a way to control my weight as I was getting older and also as a way to explore other things that I could do outside of over-exercising or the fact that I wasn't able to go to the rink as much as I wanted to. So I was trying to find ways to navigate that difference in my body. And what I, when I tell you, like I look back at pictures of myself, like no one would have ever thought that I was anorexic at that time. No one would have known that I went long periods of time of not eating and then having that self-loaf and that guilt and that shame every time I would eat 
And no one knew until I physically started dropping an extreme amount of weight. So for around six months was probably like the worst of my restriction and of my eating disorder behaviors. And I was spiraling and no one knew. And even myself thought this must be normal and what I have to do because society's standards are so high for me. And so I will tell you right now that while it is extremely, extremely important that we do find help for ourselves if we're experiencing unhealthy relationships with our food, you do not have to be anorexic. You do not have to be skinny. You do not have to have certain labels on you in order to deem sick enough or in order to feel like you can reach out for support. I will tell you that no amount of sick enough is going to matter in your mind. The disease is just gonna get worse and worse and worse. So as I talk about the beginning of that story, I will tell you towards the end of the story, I mean, this was roughly a very long period of time in my life where it just got out of control, but no one knew until they could physically start seeing signs, okay? And then one day I passed out in the bathroom and even myself, I physically, in my mind, made a story up in my mind, right, that I stayed out too late the night before and I had too much to drink and therefore that's why I blacked out in my shower. And this is to not sound triggering, but this is just to tell you that the brain is such a powerful weapon, right? What we feed it is what it feeds into our life and what we believe in these perceptions. And when we have this false sense of belief, that we have found comfort in our identity of control from disordered eating and the secret, then we can carve out all of the truths that are in all actuality, the main culprits of why we're in our current circumstance. And so I say that to say the truth was that I had restricted my food so far down to a level that my body could not physically function and I passed out. The truth was not that I had too much to drink the night before, but I was still in my own mind of thinking, I'm not sick enough. This is not a problem. I'm okay. Like, I do not need to be hospitalized. I'm still functioning. I'm still getting A's in school. And so I just constantly continued to push harder and harder. Here's the truth. Eating disorders, they do not discriminate, which means you are not immune. You can still have a very serious and unhealthy food relationship, and it can start with small changes that become more and more obsessive over time. And even if you are, quote, normal in society's eyes, you can be struggling and you can be extremely unhealthy. So if you feel that maybe you have these disordered eating tendencies, you likely do, right? If you're listening to my podcast, then I want you to understand you're in the right place. Like, honey, you are home. Eating disorders, they wreak havoc on the brain and the body. They feed lies. We know the devil is a liar, right? But they will feed you lies. I just gave you an example of one in my own personal story. They will feed you lies that you're just not sick enough, that it's just not bad enough, that you don't need help. I had days of feeling like I needed so much help and I wanted to get out of this and I would do any and everything. And then I would have days of, I am good, I am fine, I'm on top of the world because I'm controlling my food intake. And then I would have that bounce of out of control again and that depressive state. Did you know that less than 6%, hear me, hear me, 6% of those people 
who are struggling with disordered eating behaviors are actually underweight, less than 6%. So that means, think atypical anorexia, right? Like that is outside of the typical BMI structure of being clinically diagnosed as, you know, having a BMI that is not on the charts or an eating disorder not otherwise specified. Like think of all of these things, you guys, you do not have to even go into a clinical office and get diagnosed to have an eating disorder that is a full blown out scary mess and it is debilitating. Less than 6% of people that are struggling on this planet today are actually underweight. So society wants us to believe that like the skinny model that her ribs are showing and her bathing suit ad is the one that has an eating disorder. But my friend, it can be Sharon next door to you. It can be Paul that's at the gym on the exercise bike. There is not a predisposed, you're going to have this and you're going to have that. And this is what it looks like. This is deadly. And what makes it so scary is that sick does not equate to appearance. You're not fully immune. And therefore, if you experience signs where you constantly are struggling and you know that this isn't right and this is not a healthy way to live, then you probably, you probably are sick enough. Eating disorders are debilitating and they have conditions that represent, hear me, hear me, the third most common chronic illness. Every hour someone is dying, according to Harvard, every hour somebody is dying of an eating disorder. And guess what? Nine times out of 10, no one knew they had one because one in two people with disordered eating behaviors feel like they don't deserve help. They feel like they aren't sick enough. Friend, you are worth more than this life. If you were undiagnosed with cancer, would you wait until you had terminal signs to go get treatment? No, this is a serious life-threatening disease and you should take it seriously. And it's not to be shameful, it is to just be mindful of the truth because the truth is what is gonna set you free. And I didn't experience that freedom until I got honest and true with who I was and knew that I haven't always lived this way and I haven't always struggled this way. And so this was something different that was becoming and taking over my every area of my life. You don't have to be sickly before you can go and get treatment or get help or get support, right? And I feel like there's a big stigma around treatment because you think like hospitalization and you think even when you think about alcohol treatment, it's like I'm going to this facility and I'm going to walk away from the world for months until I can get clean, until I can get better. But it doesn't have to look like that, okay? Maybe you feel like you just have an unhealthy relationship with food and you know this and you want to get better and you need some accountability. I'm your friend. You can email me at info at and I'll get you on the calendar and we can work together in recovery coaching so I can help support your journey to freedom. You do not have to be on your deathbed to have a problem. You can be, right? And I have worked with people who have been struggling for 20, 30 years of their life. And I've also worked with people who were in college who were just experiencing these behaviors. There is no Cinderella slipper to this, okay? There's no trophy. It doesn't just happen to some people and not other people, okay? This is an extreme debilitating thing and it's important. It's important. This is hard and the struggle's real. 
And the myth that you are not sick enough is a lie. Studies found that early intervention is going to reduce the chances of relapse by 50%. 50%. And BeatEatingDisorders.com is a great resource. They have some statistics out there, and that's where I pulled some of these today. So you'll want to check it out. But studies have found that early intervention is going to reduce the chances of relapse by 50%. Friend, if somebody had gotten in front of this before I dealt with this for years of my life, I might have been A, more adapt to having conversations. Who knows? You know, I was in my own mind at the time, so maybe, maybe not. But I also wouldn't have been such a downward spiral of feeling like it wasn't a problem yet. And so it was almost like I warped into creating it to be an even bigger problem because I sat with the lies between my ears and I developed more and more obsessive behaviors, which then led me down the path of being able to see that physically. For a long time, I struggled and no one knew because there wasn't anything in the physical state to give that away. So what do you do? What do you do if you're in this place where you're constantly questioning, am I sick enough? I feel like I'm not. I have shared with others that I might have an issue with my eating, but no one takes me seriously because they don't feel like I'm sick enough either. And I don't, I couldn't possibly have like a mental illness. I mean, this sounds very extreme to what in my mind I feel like I have, right? I just feel like I like to restrict food sometimes and I like to overexercise other times. And I feel like I like to purge sometimes that I can control my weight. And I'm at that age, right? Where like, I just feel like that's a part of being able to give and take. But the truth is that's a lie. That's a lie. And so if you found yourself feeling like food's an enemy, then it's time to do three things. One, I want you to take note and identify the truth and identify the lie. Get real right now with who you are. If you hear nothing else other than this from this episode, I want you to hear this on repeat. You are worthy. You are worthy of healing You are worthy of having a relationship of food that does not feel hard. You are worthy with loving and accepting your body and truly adoring life as it should be lived. You're worthy. If you have that unhealthy relationship where food is the enemy and you constantly feel down about your body, take note. Identify that this is not a positive thing in your life, that this is a struggle and that the struggle is real. Number two. Don't sit with it. Share it. I know that can be hard. I spent years of my life in my own secret. And I honestly thought that for years of my life, I was the only one that knew about it. I've shared in a previous episode about my mom and how my mom saved my life outside of God in my life. But there were so many people that came to me and I pushed them away. And I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. And I don't have any problems. And you're just jealous. And all of these things in my life that I still feel a lot of hurt from because I cause pain to other people. But I will tell you, you have, I'm sure, one person in your life and your circle that you trust. And if you don't, please send me an email because I will be that person for you. Reach out to that person and share with them what you're struggling with. Share with them how you're feeling, some of the behaviors that you're doing, and just have a genuine conversation Talk to them about what you're experiencing. And then I just want you to leave it there. What you share is on you. That is step number two, reaching out for support, reaching out for accountability and sharing it with somebody. 
But this part of the step is not to experience necessarily that in return from that person. Okay, and what I mean by that is let's say you share your heart about what you're struggling with with your parent or your best friend and they blow you off. Friend, I want you to hear me say this as well. Some people do not know how to handle other people's pain because it's an expression of their internal pain as well that's coming out in response. If I had shared some of this with some of my friends during that time, they probably would have laughed at me or they would have told me that I was crazy or they would have told me that it's everybody diet, not have validated or heard me. So if that happens, I want you to know that the part of this step that's important is that you've shared this. And then thirdly, I want you to get support. I want you to get a coach. I want you to get help from somebody who knows how to help and support you. This is a by no fault of the close people in our lives. But eating disorders are extremely, extremely complex. And it's important that the person that is helping you through this process and this journey and to get into a path of freedom and peace understands what they're dealing with. Because it's not just a matter of go eat a burger, right? It's a matter of working through these false identities and breaking these chains little by little that you have put on top of your heart that have become your new normal and have left you as a prisoner and your own body, and with your relationship to food. If you are feeling like you're just not sick enough and that you aren't skinny enough or you don't have the look to have an eating disorder, and what is disordered eating anyways, and am I sure that's even something that I'm dealing with? I want you to know that this is part of the mindset that is telling you this so that you can stay safe in this cocoon and not combat it and not overcome it and not change. Take note, identify the truths. Don't just sit with it. Tell someone that you trust. Get support and a coach. And finally, I want you to know that you are a new creation. You are the light. You are more than a conqueror. The truth, girlfriend, is going to set you free. And I hope today that you have heard this message and that you can share it with somebody. You're sick enough if you're here listening to me. And sick does not have to be bad. Sick does not have to be sickly. You deserve accepting and loving you. And since this month we're all about loving, let's start with ourselves. Start with you. Love on you. You deserve help. And you deserve to experience life honoring good habits that are going to embrace a new identity. So before we close out today's show, I want to hear from you. If you've been listening to this podcast for a couple episodes now, would you do me a favor and let me know what you want to hear? I am looking to really dive so much deeper into so many different topics. And I want to hear what you're struggling with and what would help you. So if you could send an email to info at lindsaynickel.com, I would love to hear how I can help you. And I'd love to hear what you want me to share. I will talk to you soon. Have a great week. May it be blessed. May you love on you. And may you know that you matter. 
Oh friend, thank you so much for letting me share what was on my heart today. My hope for this podcast is to help more women find freedom from food and body. If this has empowered or blessed you, let me know. I'd be honored for your rating and review of my show. And I'd love to connect with you in my private Facebook community. You really can move from perfection to purpose. Let's break the chains together. I'll help navigate the way. Until next time, bye for now, girl.